0: as Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh I pray you all are doing well And uh, inshallah benefiting from this summer retreat so far It's a pleasure and an honor uh, To be with you all virtually And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That our hearts remain connected That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthens the love and the brotherhood and the sisterhood between the hearts, and inshallah accepts this effort from us and allows us to grow in nearness to Him and in beneficial knowledge and devotion and in purity of heart and spirit and in service to the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So inshallah we'll continue with our uh, third session of. Uh, remedy for the hearts, looking at the meanings of Sayyidul al-Istighfar, the preeminent formula for seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. So we'll begin inshaAllah. bismillahir rahmanir rahman rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa bihi ala umuri dunya wa deen, wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Sayyidina Muhammad, Khatim al-Anbiya'i wa imam al-Mursaleen, وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين وأصحابه الغر الميامين ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما يا كريم اللهم نوينا التعلم والتعليم والتذكر والتذكير والنفع والانتفاع والإفادة والاستفادة على التمسك بكتاب الله وسنة رسوله والدعاء إلى الهدى والدلالة على الخير ابتغاء وجه الله ومرضاته وقربه وثوابه سبحانه وتعالى رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي. So uh, in this class we're looking at this beautiful book by the great Imam al-Habib Ahmad bin Zain al-Habashi, one of the scholars of حضرموت. Uh, one of the scholars who are descendants of the Messenger of Allah from the Sada known as Sadatina Al-Abi Alawi the family of Abi Alawi or also known as Bani Alawi from the Hadramout region in southern Yemen and Al-Habib Ahmad bin Zain Al-Habashi was one of the main students of Imam Al-Haddad the great Imam and re- reviver and renewer of the 12th Islamic century, uh, the author of the Book of Assistance and the Lives of Man, which uh, Al Habib Hussein Al Saqaf is teaching from in this retreat. So, Al Habib Ahmed bin Zain Al Habashi was his student, and he had uh, multiple uh, books that he authored, one of which uh, may be most uh, well known. Is known as Al Risalatul Jami'ah, which is translated into English, known as The Essentials of Islam, which is a book where he really beautifully summarizes the main aspects of uh, the obligations that are required from every Muslim, male and female. So he has a section on the essential foundations of belief, uh, he has several sections on fiqh, on the obligations. Uh, related to prayers and the ritual worship. And then he has a section on the purification of the heart and protecting the limbs from sins. And he says that I have summarized in that book, al Jami'ah, The Essentials of Islam, I have summarized the uh, most important elements of the books of Imam Al-Ghazali in this book. And whoever masters this book, inshaAllah, will be a person of inward and outward knowledge. So this is the great imam that uh, insha'Allah we are learning from and benefiting from. The book that we're now insha'Allah going to begin teaching after the first two sessions uh, being uh, focused, focused on the verses from the Qur'an uh, related to the repentance and turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the second lesson uh, focusing on the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa about repenting and turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now after establishing that foundation in the book and sunnah and looking at some of the meanings of repentance and turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will now begin this book Taryaq al-Qulubi wal-Absar that this is the healing for the heart and the sight, and uh, showing us and teaching us that when we turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's something that's very soothing for the soul. It's actually a cure and a remedy and a healing uh, for our hearts. And he focuses in this book on the meanings and the various types of knowledge that are found within Sayyidul istighfar which you should have in your course packet, and inshallah, we'll, be, we'll begin with Sayyidul Istighfar, and then we'll uh, look at his introduction. Sayyidul Istighfar is the du'a of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allahumma anta Rabbi la ilaha illa Ant. Oh Allah, You are my Lord, and there is no God except You. Khalaqtani wa Ana Abduk. You created me, and I am Your servant. Wa Ana Ala Ahdika wa wa'dika Mustatagt. And I am trying to maintain and uphold your covenant and your promise to the best of my ability. I seek refuge in you from the evil of what I have done. أَبُؤُ بِنِعْمَتِكَ عَلَيَّ وَأَبُؤُ I acknowledge your blessing upon me and I acknowledge my sin. So forgive me, for no one can forgive sins except you. So Al-Habib Ahmed bin Zain in this book, he dedicates this entire book to the types of knowledge and the profound meanings in this prophetic dua. So we'll begin. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وَبِهِ He says, in the name of Allah, the all merciful, the most merciful, my trust is in him and he is sufficient for me and the best caretaker. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Ghaffar Al-Halim As-Sattar Khaliqu Al-Layl Wan-Nahar Wal-Ashyi Wal-Ibkar Alladhi amar ibadahu Bit-Tawbah Wal-Istighfar War-Ruju' Ilayhi Wal-Wuquf Bayna Yadayhi Ana Al-Layl nahar Ahmaduhu Ala Ma Afdala Wa A'ta Wa Astara Wa Ghatta Wa 'Allama Wa Afham Wa Tatawalla Wa An'am. This is beautiful. The ulama have such a beautiful way of beginning their books, and oftentimes in this opening of the book, baraatul Istihlal, what they will, uh, the the ulama will often focus on is in their praise of Allah, and in their sending of salutations upon the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which is a sunnah, beginning uh, matters of significance and importance with Allah's name or by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and by sending salawat upon the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, they'll often indicate the topic that they're going to focus on. So he says, all praise belongs to Allah, the Lord who is oft forgiving the forbearant, the one who covers flaws, the creator of the night and day and evening and morn, the one who commanded his servants to repent, to seek forgiveness, Turn back to him and stand before him throughout the day and night. So these are various commands from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indicating that this book is about seeking Allah's forgiveness. I praise him for what he has bestowed and given, veiled and covered, taught and given understanding of, and for what he gifted and gave of blessings. واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له المولى الاكرم الخالق الارحم واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله النبي الكريم والرسول الشريف العظيم خير الانبياء وامام الاتقياء وصفوه الاصفياء صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه اكابر الاولياء وسلم تسليما كثيرة. and then i bear witness that there is no god but allah One without partner, the most noble master, the most merciful creator. And I bear witness that Muhammad is his servant and messenger, the noblest prophet, the most dignified and exalted messenger, the best of prophets, the imam of the pious, the quintessence of the people of purity. May Allah's abundant peace and blessings be upon him and upon his family and companions who are the greatest awliya. To proceed, So then now he's talking about the story behind uh, authoring this book. He said, we had a conversation with our shaykh, our exemplar, and who is, after Allah and his messenger, our pillar of support, the sayyid. Sayyid means someone who's a descendant of the Prophet The sayyid, the knower of Allah, the exalted, the imam, the shaykh of Islam's shuyukh. And Imam al-Haddad, radiyallahu anhu arda, he was the Mujaddid of his time and he was the greatest of the ulama' and the salihin and uh, uh, the, the awliya' who were present in his time, radiyallahu anhu. And his title is Qutbu al-Da'wati wal-Irshad, the pillar, the axis of calling to Allah and guiding people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As-Sayyid Abdullah ibn Alawi Al-Haddad Ba'alawi So this is Imam Al-Haddad's name. May Allah benefit through him. So we had a conversation with Imam Al-Haddad regarding the dua which is well known as Sayyidul al-Istighfar the preeminent way or formula for seeking forgiveness conveyed by the Prophet sallallahu to be said in the morning and evening. We discussed what it contained of various knowledges you know, it's interesting because in English, we don't often use the word is. We don't talk about knowledge in the plural. But this is really indicating that there are uh, special sciences and distinct uh, uh, levels of uh, or categories of knowledge contained within this dua. So here we learn from Habib Ahmad bin Zain al-Habashi the importance of having adab with the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The scholars say, whoever establishes the ibadat, whoever establishes the obligations before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that person will be granted paradise. They say, who, and whoever has, in addition to that, whoever has adab, will be granted nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, an even higher degree. So we see that Habib Ahmed bin Zain, his mashhad, his uh, uh, witnessing of the inheritance and uh, the position and responsibility that Imam al-Haddad had, and also uh, uh, having adab with him, and discussing and actually getting advice from his Shaykh. So Imam al-Haddad, he said to me, mention to us what came to you of the various knowledges indicated in the dua. I acquainted him, i.e., our aforementioned Shaykh, with it, and he approved it. This is beautiful. Imam Habib Ahmed bin Zain al-Habashi is a great scholar in his own right but there is a barakah in seeking permission from those who are of an even higher degree or even our own parents those whom Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has given uh, uh, has given rights over us that we consult them and seek their du'a and seek their barakah and when we do that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens the doors of facilitation. So I said to him, the author Habib Ahmed bin Zain is saying, I want to speak expansively on the topic and move on to speaking about the stations of Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. The various degrees of religion. Since it includes, since this dua, Sayyidul Istighfar, it includes the knowledges of Islam, Iman, and Ihsan when... Uh, uh, expounding on its meanings but then he said but only if you approve of doing so so then Imam al-Haddad he approved it but on the condition that it be concise that Habib Ahmed bin Zain al-Habashi he had uh, uh, so much knowledge that he, he probably could have written volumes on this one dua but Imam al-Haddad recognizing that we are approaching the end of times and that people really need things that are brief and concise and accessible, he said, make it concise. I immediately began with Allah's blessing and made it a treatise comprised of a graceful introduction, a noble main body or section of the book, and a serene conclusion. I ask the possessor of magnanimity and generosity, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who initiated blessings before we even deserved them, To benefit us by what he has blessed us with. And that he begin this initiative with goodness and seal it with goodness. And that he dispel all misery and harm. Truly, he is magnanimous and generous. In the introduction, and this is what we'll focus on a little bit of the introduction in this lesson. In the introduction, I touch upon the meanings of repentance. Tawbah and its rulings. So in the first two lessons, we looked at the concept of tawbah and the encouragement and command of tawbah in the quran in the second lesson we looked in the hadith of the messenger of Allah and here in his introduction which is a very useful introduction we're going to talk about the meanings of tawbah and its rulings the middle section of the book covers some of the knowledges included within the dua and the conclusion of the book focuses on some of the virtues of seeking forgiveness, istighfar, and its noble varieties. So there are different formulas that the Prophet sallallahu taught us in order to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his forgiveness. So inshallah now we'll transition into the introduction, the definition of repentance, tawbah. And we talked a little bit about this in the previous lessons, that tawbah literally uh, in the Arabic language it literally means turning back from disobedience. So it is a spiritual turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not, uh, is not constricted by direction and space and so forth. Those are His creations subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's with our hearts and souls and the essence of our very being. That I need to get right with Allah. And when we do that, then the healing begins. The remedy for the hearts. The healing for the hearts begins and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens the doors of blessings and tawfiq and openings ta'ala. So then the author says, we'll kind of transition between the Arabic and English because the Arabic is just so beautiful, mashallah. La ilaha illallah. He says, إِعْلَمْ أَنَّ تَوْبَةَ بَابُ اللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ Such an amazing way to begin. Know that tawbah, repentance, is Allah's great door. بَابُ اللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ الَّذِي بِهِ الْوصُولُ إِلَىٰ قُرْبِهِ وَالدُّخُولُ وَالْإِنْخِرَاطُ فِي سِلْكِ أَوْلِيَائِهِ وَحِزْبِهِ That Toba that is Allah's great door. If you want to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the door that is open for you. This door of benefit and mercy and blessings and transformation. And we talked about in uh, yesterday's lesson, the story of Sayyidina Ka'b ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu wa arda. And the three sahaba who stayed behind without an excuse at, from the battle of Tabuk. And when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, came back, They didn't try to find false excuses like the hypocrites did. So then, they waited for 50 days for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reveal the verses that uh, indicated and and clearly and explicitly uh, showed that they were forgiven. And you see from the story that the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, it was like a celebration. And people were coming and congratulating them for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. And in reality, for anyone who turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is a celebration and it is a Eid. It is Allah's great door, which one arrives, which one who walks through it, arrives to nearness to him and entry into the company of his awliya and his hizb, his troop. It is the first station of the stations of religion. We talked about this in previous lessons, that it is asas al-tariq Allah. It is the foundation of the path to Allah. And it is the starting point for the essence of the realities of the religion. That in reality, we won't be able to taste the sweetness and the beauty and the light and the realities of this deen before we wash ourselves in the water of tawbah. It's a spiritual washing. But it is, as Imam al-Haddad says, that you have to wash yourself in the the water of tawbah and repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then when that happens, you turn over a new leaf and you're able to see things in a different way and then the gifts come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is Allah's treasure which he gives to his believing awliya. Think about that, that tawbah. We talked also about the story of one of the salihin who asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for years and years and years for a tawbah, nasuha, for a complete and pure repentance. And when he was given it, he was told that uh, uh, this is something that enters you into uh, Allah's love. إِنَّ Allah Truly Allah loves those who are penitent and turn back to him regularly. So he said you've been asking for years but you've been asking for something far greater than you initially realized because when you enter into that category you are of those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. And it is Allah's impregnable fortress that no devil can enter. When you make tawbah, when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah and as the Messenger of Allah wa said that this dua that we're going to focus on It is the master, it is the preeminent, it is the foremost way to seek Allah's forgiveness. When you do that, all of the years of work that the shaitan has put into trying to distract you and take you into disobedience, everything that he's put into work, it immediately crumbles when the heart turns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's gone. You have put all of his efforts into vain. And when a person is firmly established in the realities of tawbah and goes from Islam to Iman to Ihsan, then this tawbah is the impregnable fortress that no devil can enter. Which is why the Prophet sallallahu he said to Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab anhu or about Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab that the shaytan runs from the shadow of Umar. The shaitan is scared of the shadow of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab. La ilaha illallah. What kind of nur is emanating from his heart that his shadow makes the shaitan tremble. Because these are the people of Allah. They establish the path to Allah. They call people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when they're established in these realities, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants them A unique protection. Al-Habib Ahmed bin Zayn continues, he says, Allah the Exalted made it an obligation upon everyone who believes. That tawbah is an obligation upon everyone who believes. Based on his words, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we also looked at this of the verses in the Qur'an, Surah An-Nur, Surah 24, verse 31, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah says, turn to Allah in repentance altogether, O believers, so that you may be successful. That's the key to success. Whoever knows its meaning, the meaning of tawbah, which is, and he's going to give us this meaning now. So if you're taking notes, this is important. Tawbah is turning back from the way of distance to the way of nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala according to the actions and states of the people of Tawbah, the actions and states of the penitent. Whoever knows its meaning, that it is turning from distance to nearness and following the example of the people of Tawbah, the people of nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the people of Allah's remembrance, the people of beautiful traits and qualities, the people who when you look at them, they remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the people who follow uh, inwardly and outwardly the example of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa that you follow their examples. Whoever knows its meaning, he would never doubt that it's an obligation upon all of the believers. How could he doubt that when he was informed of its general command in the majestic Qur'an, the mighty Qur'an? So in other words, People need to realize that this is like the first step that you take in this deen, is tawbah. And even when a person becomes Muslim, if a person says the Shahada, what is that really, what's really happening? It's a statement that enters them into the sphere of belief and mercy. But it's also this recognition and this commitment that I am going to devote myself to my creator, I have uh, responded to the call of his messenger. أَشْهَدُ illallah wa anna Muhammadan abduhu wa And that is in reality tawbah. And then what is the result for the person who says the shahada? Everything that came before the shahada, everything that comes before Islam of sins and so forth, it's forgiven. So it is essentially that first step towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Habib Ahmed bin Zayn says, as for the virtues of tawbah and the statements of encouragement from Allah and His Messenger to engage in it, they are very many. And that's actually what we dedicated the first two lessons to look at and contemplate and study. They are known by anyone who has the least bit of understanding of the knowledges of religion, of the ulum of this deen. So in other words, it's good to look into that And there are many, many resources available to look at the verses of uh, related to tawbah and istighfar and seeking Allah's forgiveness and the many ahadith. And actually, even what we covered in the first two lessons uh, are just selections. There are many, many more that could be studied uh, and stories also of the righteous as well. So that's just the introduction, the definition of tawbah. The definition of tawbah and turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One, is that we realize that it's an obligation upon every believer. And really, it's the first step to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why people oftentimes, sometimes they'll delay. But you can't delay. If anything, the current situation has taught us is that uh, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know the one thing. May Allah subhanahu wa taala always grant us lutf and We don't know what will change our lives in a very significant way. So they say that tasweef, tasweef is an Arabic word which means like one day. Tasweef means sofa, sofa. One day I'll get to it. When I go and perform Hajj, then I'll change when i get married then i'll change when i make a certain amount of money and i'm established in my life then i'll change so on and so forth you have no guarantee that those things will ever come to you how many person how many people both younger than yourself and older than yourself have died in the last 24 hours many if we take that If we take that lesson from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how many people, even in the current, with the current pandemic, how many people are uh, cautious of the pandemic, which we should take precautions from, yet have died from other, other reasons, other kinds of illnesses or accidents or things of that nature. So we have to realize that there is no tasweef, there is no reality that. Uh, tomorrow is guaranteed for us. So we have to فَفِرُّوا إِلَى اللَّهِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran So flee, like run away from all of the problems of the dunya, all of the worries of the dunya and the akhirah, Everything, flee to Allah immediately in this moment, O believers. Uh, I remember hearing beautiful, beautiful uh, wisdom and reminder that you know. Oftentimes, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala uh, is the Lord of Majesty, and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has attributes of Majesty as well as attributes of beauty and mercy. But we have to we have to understand uh, all of the names and attributes that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has informed us of, and realize that we cannot limit Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala's absolute perfection, and power, Jalla jalalu. But when you read about certain things related to the grave or the hereafter, it can be very overwhelming. And actually, it can inspire a fear. There's a healthy degree of fear that keeps us away from sin. But then it can almost inspire a fear that's debilitating, that can be, uh, uh, that freezes you in a sense. And I remember hearing from one of my teachers, he said, when you flee to Allah, when you seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you devote yourself singularly to your Lord, to your creator, to your master, to the, the, the sovereign of the heavens and the earth, the creator of paradise and hell, the one who controls everything subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you focus singularly on him, He will take care of all of your fears. And that's the understanding that we need to cultivate and adopt in our lives. People are fearful of creation and hopeful in a created thing. They're fearful of the fire and that's actually a higher degree of iman because a lot of people are just heedless. But they're fearful of that and they're hopeful of paradise. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us to ask him for paradise and to seek refuge in him from the fire. But what is greater than all of that, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, min Allah akbar," That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His ridwan, His good pleasure, when He bestows it upon the people of paradise, He says, I'm going to give you something that all of the people of paradise are brought before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah asks them, is there anything else that you want? And say, oh Allah, how could there be anything left to want? You have entered us into paradise and bestowed mercy upon us. And paradise has what no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and has never crossed the human imagination. How could we want anything more? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I will bestow upon you my ridwan, my contentment, my good pleasure, and I will never be angry with you again when the people of paradise are given that guarantee, and they're entered into that degree of nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's greater than paradise itself. It's greater than everything else in paradise. Because paradise is, cre- are cre- is full of created things, but the Ridwan, Allah's good pleasure, is directly from Him. It's uncreated. It is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So uh, uh, when we seek Him, when we make our singular goal nearness to Him and His good pleasure and His love, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will suffice us of every other fear and concern. One of the stories that the, the, the righteous mention is that there was وَلِلَّهِ And to Allah belongs the highest similitude. But there was a king who called all of his subjects and asked each and every one of them, what do you want? So this person said, I want gold. He would give them gold. The other one would say, I want land. He would give that person land, food, food, clothing, whatever. And everyone who asked was given what they were asked for, what they had asked. Then there remained one person, and the person didn't ask anything. So the king asked this person, what are you waiting for? What What is your request? What do you want? What do you want? And this person said, I want you. Everyone went home with what they had asked for. And they received from the generosity of the king. But this person's request was different. was above and beyond. He said to the king, I want you. I want your love. I want to have a special place with you. And he received something that all the other people with what they got combined... It's not the same. So with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-Mathal when al When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us His good pleasure and His love, it's unlike anything else. So, Allah, Flee now to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as Habib Ahmed bin Zayn says here, this is Allah's great door. And this is the, uh, whoever enters it, This is the path of his awliya, and this is his impregnable fortress. And this is the path to his love, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the last thing we'll look at in this lesson, which he ends with, are the conditions for repentance. The conditions for an accepted tawbah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, as for its conditions, there are three conditions without which it cannot be attained. In other words, without which it's not considered a valid tawbah with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first is al-iqla'ah. We, we talked about this. The first is desisting. That let's say for example, someone backbites. Wal-i'yathu billah. And they say, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. Oh, did you see that person again? And they start backbiting. You haven't desisted you haven't ceased to perform that action that you need to repent from. So uh, uh, Habib Ahmed bin Zayn says, this means desisting is leaving the sin he or she is involved in immediately. Leaving it immediately. Astaghfirullah. The sahaba radiyallahu ardahum. Some of the most amazing people of iman ever to exist. The greatest generation. May Allah be well pleased with all of them. There, when the verse was revealed finally, there were stages, when the verse was uh, uh, finally revealed that wine and intoxicants were haram, the Sahaba went out in Medina and Munawara to inform people that Allah has now made it haram. So one of the Sahaba, his name escapes me right now, he actually had kind of some wine ready for himself to drink. The Sahabi came and said, Allah has now made it haram. He didn't say, who told you that? Um, are you sure it's haram? Maybe it's still makruh. maybe. Immediately when he heard that from the Sahabi, he broke it. He broke the bottle or the container that had the wine. He said, I will never touch it again because now Allah has made it forbidden. And they said that the streets of Medina and Munawara were actually flowing with a, a wine after the verses were revealed that it was forbidden. Why? Because everyone got rid of it. No one, now that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this a line that is not to be crossed, they all, they all said, Sami'na wa ata'na We hear and we obey and we seek your forgiveness. So leaving the sin immediately, leaving the sin immediately, that's the first condition for repentance. Al-iqla' which is desisting, which means to leave the sin immediately. The second condition is remorse, is feeling this uh, uh, sense of regret and remorse in the heart that one has engaged in something that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he informed us that this is actually the most important condition. All of the conditions need to be there in order to be valid. But why is this the most important condition? Because it's a condition of the heart. It's a condition of the heart. And even if a person doesn't feel remorse, as much remorse as they should, they should continue to say, Astaghfirullah, 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 Astaghfirullah. I seek Allah's forgiveness. I seek Allah's forgiveness. If... You do not cry when you hear the Qur'an. Then force yourself to be affected and impacted by it. And that will soften your heart so that it does become impacted eventually. So even if a person says, okay, I don't feel remorse, there's two responses. Someone can say, I don't feel remorse because I don't care. That person's in great danger. But someone can say, I know it's wrong, but I don't feel remorse. Ah, That person is on a better path. Say, okay, ask Allah for forgiveness. Desist. Leave the sin altogether and say with your tongue until your heart is moved uh, to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. So that is the second remorse, which is feeling regret in the heart and a burning. There's a burning inside of the heart due to falling into the sin. Astaghfirullah. I can't believe. Ya Allah. Ya Allah, I can't believe I did that. Ya Allah, it's... I'm so ashamed of myself. Ya Allah, forgive me. Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. And then when that occurs, that a person desists from it and they have remorse, then the third comes more naturally, but a person has to also have a firm intention. The third condition is determination, which is a trueness of intention that he will not return to the sin. Astaghfirullah, I will never do that again. I will never do that again. I will never look at that type of thing again. I will never say another foul word for the rest of my life. Like Sayyidina Ka'b ibn Malik, anhu yesterday, said I will never say something that is untrue for the rest of my life and I seek Allah's assistance in uh, uh, remaining steadfast upon that. So those are the three. The first is desisting, leaving it altogether. Astaghfirullah putting distance between yourself and that sin. And I would recommend a a really good book called Atomic Habits by uh, James Clear. James Clear. Atomic Habits by James Clear. It is a very good book. And uh, it really helps you understand the way that you get used to doing certain things and how to break bad habits which is really helpful in Toba, and how to establish new good habits so for example one of the things that he says is that you put as many obstacles between you and the bad habit so for example let's say you want to improve the way that you eat uh, and this might not necessarily fall into what is haram uh, between the haram and the halal but let's say you want to break a bad habit And you want to change the way that you eat. So he says, uh, uh, you know, what people would then do is they would put the potato chips or whatever it may be on the top shelf. It's really hard to get to. And then they would put fruits and, and other things that are better for you on the table that are easily accessible. Or that if people wanted to stop watching television, what they would do is they would unplug their TV and put it in the closet. And then if they ever wanted to just, you know, vegetate in front of the television, they'd be less inclined to do so because now they got to go through the work of going through the closet and plugging it in and making sure it's connected and all that kind of stuff. So you create these obstacles and barriers between you and the bad habit. So that's extremely important when you're trying to break off and desist from the sin. So the second is remorse, and the third is determination, never to return to the sin again. Then Habib Ahmed bin Zayn says, and we'll end here, inshallah, if the sin was related to the right of another person, that you actually violated the rights of another person, then it requires a fourth condition, which is being released from accountability for the wrong in a way that is sound according to the sharia. So either restoring that right to the person uh, uh, that it was taken from or uh, asking them to release you from that accountability. Let's say someone takes money and doesn't return the the money to that person. They don't have any more money because people who wrongfully take money usually comes around in another way. But then going to that person saying, Astaghfirullah, I'm very sorry. I apologize for doing that. If I had the money, I would return it to you. But I don't have it. So can you release me from that accountability? Will you forgive me and uh, uh, absolve me of that responsibility? And if the person says yes, then inshallah they're released from that accountability. Then the author says, also he is required if the sin was abandoning prayer or zakat to make it up and compensate for it. How many years did I not pay zakat? What did I have? How much money did I have in this year and that year? How much did I owe of zakat? How many prayers did I miss and how many prayers do I owe? And then people say, oh, I have to do that? First of all, if you're making tawbah, don't be uh, discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will assist you. Uh, But, you know, have that strong determination. Like Sayyidina Ka'b. When even when he was distracted, even when people, the non-Muslim king sent him a letter saying, come and join me and I'll take care of you. Even with all of these forces pulling him in different directions that are trying to make him swerve and sway from the path of tawbah, he remains steadfast. So remain steadfast and committed and Allah will assist you. Uh, and they, the ulama say, if you don't know exactly the amount or the number of prayers or zakat, then you calculate it to the best of your ability, and then you calculate a bit more so that you're sure that you're on the safe side and you're able to cover, uh, you know, compensate for what, uh, what you missed. And then uh, the author says, This condition might also be considered part of desisting. In other words, I'm going to start praying now, and I'm never going to miss a prayer, and uh, I'm going to make up for the prayers that I missed. Naam. Then the author says something uh, amazing. Tawbah is only complete. In other words, the highest and fullest meaning of tawbah is only complete when it is generally applied to all sins. Astaghfirullah min jami'i dhunubi wal-kha'taya. And really sometimes we, we see that as too daunting. It is attainable. It is achievable. We just have to be committed. And we turn to Allah and realize that all of these things that are uh, dunub, that are ma'asi, that are sins, that are forbidden by Allah, they are harmful for us in deen and in dunya. And everything that is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beneficial for us in deen and in dunya. So tawbah is only complete when it is generally applied to all sins, though it is still valid if only intended for some sins. I seek refuge in Allah and I ask His forgiveness for lying and backbiting. But the person commits another sin. Insha'Allah, that tawbah for lying and backbiting is accepted, but it's still not a complete tawbah, a tawbah that is transformative, a tawbah that removes the rust from the heart and brings great openings that you enter into Allah's great door and then you start to taste the fruits of Iman and Islam, and Ihsan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us, inshallah, a sincere repentance and to grant us the tawfiq for establishing all of the conditions of repentance and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us of its true people and allows us to be entered into the uh, group of his awliya' and his beloved servants and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enters us into the impregnable fortress uh, uh, of his tawbah. وَصَلَى اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ عَلَىٰ سَيْدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ And now inshallah we will uh, take some questions. MashaAllah. Do you have a recommended translation of uh, الرسالة الجامعة? Essentials of Islam. Can the team post a link? Inshallah, we can provide uh, that link. And Ar-Risala Al-Jami'ah is uh, a manual of the essentials of Islam. And also the fiqh is according to the Shafi'i Madhab, It is according to the Shafi'i Madhhab, which is the Madhab of the people of Hadramaut and Saadatna Al-Abi Alawi. And there are other good books that a person can get in terms of the uh, Farda'in. And this is a very important thing that we establish the Farda'in knowledge and the Farda'in obligations, the individual obligations that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires from every Muslim. So Al-Risala al jamia inshallah we'll post uh, the recommended translation. Uh, I think it was Shaykh Abdul Aziz. Uh, Shaykh Abdul Aziz, um, his last name is escaping me now. Uh, I believe it's Fredericks, but uh, inshallah, we'll post that. Another question here regarding tawbah: What stops one from spiritually turning back to Allah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala? Actually, that's a very good question, and that's what we're going to focus on in the next lesson. Uh, just to keep you, inshallah, this evening uh, motivated and excited, inshallah, we're going to talk about the conditions for continuous repentance and the motivating cause. Uh, for repentance. This is a beautiful book. So he talks about the motivating cause, the ba'ith for tawbah. And if you don't have that, the ways to acquire that motivation, inshallah. So we'll talk about that in uh, the fourth lesson, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, another question here What are the physical signs of a person of much repentance versus those who are not engaged in repentance? One of the most obvious is that they are people who establish the fara'id. They're people who establish the obligations, establish the prayer. And also that they are people of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and dua. Because many of the duas and the invocations of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa like uh, Al-Wurd Al-Latif inshaAllah which we're going to uh, do together shortly. Uh, Many of the du'as, the invocations in those litanies are invocations of tawbah. And then also when you're in good environments. So that also relates to what we're going to cover in the next lesson, but being around good people, being around people who would advise you if you made a mistake not to engage in that. So there are people who uh, are humble, they're broken-hearted before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're people of establishing the fara'id and avoiding, avoiding the prohibitions. And they're people of much dua and remembrance. Now, How do we have hearts that uh, consistently and increasingly remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rather than getting distracted along the way? Uh, there's two things that come to mind. The first is that we have to realize that uh, this journey of arriving at a state and a station of constantly remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a high maqam. It's a high station to, to attain and achieve. And those people in reality, they are uh, they are rare and valuable. They're precious. That doesn't mean That we should uh, be discouraged. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives. Uh, Imam al-Haddad who we've been talking about a lot in this lesson. uh, Someone tried to criticize him one time. Because every time one of the righteous is alive and among the people. It's inevitable that they won't fully appreciate that person until they're gone. And that people will always appreciate the people of previous generations. So someone said to Imam al-Haddad, Oh, you think you're like Sayyidina Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salim, one of the predecessors to Imam al-Haddad, one of the great imams. Uh, Sayyidina Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salim, anhu. And Imam al-Haddad uh, teaching that person and teaching all of us not to be discouraged from those high degrees. He said, as baqi, the one who gives, the one who pours literally. And fills people's hearts and cups in a spiritual sense, in a metaphorical sense. He said, "The one who gives is everlasting." Al- he, one of the names of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is Al Baqi. He is everlasting, Subhanahu wa Taala. So, in other words, to say, Allah is the giver, and Allah is everlasting, and He gives to whomever He wills. So, the first thing is to realize that it's rare. But it's something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives and not to be discouraged if you don't achieve it overnight. Allah can give it to someone immediately and overnight, but that's very, very, very rare. So to recognize that it's a journey and a process, that's number one. And to be committed to that goal, even if you have ups and downs, to be committed to that goal, always turning back to Allah. In yesterday's lesson, when we were looking at the hadith about the man who killed 100 people, but he wanted to seek Allah subhanahu wa Taala's forgiveness, even at the moment when he died, when he was traveling to the land where the righteous people lived, they said that he pushed his chest forward before he died. Like he pushed himself even just a little bit at the end of his life in the direction of the place where he was going to successfully, inshaAllah, Uh, achieve his tawbah so even that act should not be underestimated whatever effort you make in that path is virtuous but then also recognizing that uh the 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 best support after being deeply deeply committed to nearness to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being committed to seeking knowledge the best support is uh, or are the shuyukh, the masters of the science of ihsan, who can guide you and assist you and support you uh, uh, so that you don't fall into the pitfalls and that they can uh, continue to uh, encourage you. But sometimes people think that these shuyukh will do all of the work on your behalf. That's not how it works. Is that they remind you and clarify things for you and you have to put in the effort. Manjedda wajad whoever is serious and strives, they will find uh, uh, openings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Wallahu Ta'ala, A'ala wa'alaam wa sallallahu alayhi wa barakaala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajmain Wallahi Rabbil Alameen Wasalaam alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatu inshaAllah in a few minutes we'll begin The word al latif, and then we'll also have Sheikh Yahya's session uh, shortly thereafter. May you all have a blessed day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.